This is Ghetto. Broadcasting live from the studios of AM570. It's on a website. This is FNA. Man, get out my way and watch out as I come. I am a god. Now what? Why don't you get out of that jumpsuit and let me smack that fat ass? <laughs> That's a scary crew. <laughs> as far as the product goes. Uh, the voice of a new generation, man. You guys are the young guys. Are really at the top of their games. The two of them had something in common. We bring you Radio Ecstasy. Oh, it's beautiful. Broadcasting live from the studios of AM570. FNA. FNA. Let it happen. This is the FNA Podcast. Oh, look at that. A Thursday edition, throwback Thursday edition of the FNA Podcast. That's right. Damn straight. It's a rarity. It is. Uh, Kevin Figures, Adam Olsen with you. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. At KFig1 is where you can find me. Adam is at Follow Adam A. We are also at FNA Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you missed our Tuesday show, you missed a lot. Yeah. The NFL six-pack made its season debut. Petros Papadakis came on to talk about Clay Helton being fired finally by the UC- USC program. See um, change at USC, it seems like. At least that's what Petros alluded to. No chance. <laughs> well... I'm sure they hope so. That's what Urban Meyer said about taking the job. Yeah, sure. No chance. Of course. So now it's a lock, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Nick Saban said the same thing. It's a done deal. Right. (laughs) Coming up on today's show, in the second segment, because it's the second show of the week, we have TK Trinidad, who's returning for the first time since she made the bold proclamation that Drake is as big or bigger? I can't remember. Than yeah, than Michael least, Jackson? I think at least as big as Michael Jackson. Either way. Yeah, it's people it's, took issue with this. And I understand. I think we took issue with it, to be honest with you. We took with issue you. with this. <laughs> so, so we didn't just let that slide. No, we did not. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so she'll hop on to talk about that, uh, among other things, in entertainment news as well. Uh, but coming up here in the first segment, um, the Dodgers were down in the final stretch of the regular season. Their rotation is fully back. Kershaw's back in the mix. Bellinger is still. Uh, Struggling is probably a nice way to put it, Adam, to be honest. I don't know. He had a hit last night. Yeah, you know, he's, he's had three hits in the last four games. Now he's had one hit a game in the last four games. Is that good? I think he's still, yeah, three for his last 32 in this month mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, it's awful. It's progress, right? It's progress. <laughs> like, maybe the, like if they had, from the bottom. If they had the DH, he obviously wouldn't be an option. They would be more apt to, but if Clayton Kershaw could play the outfield, he's batting 258. Yeah. I just throw Kershaw out there. For, forget it. I would too. Yeah, why the hell not? I have more faith in Max Scherzer at the plate right now. Who hasn't had a hit all season long. Oh, he's had a hit in three years. Cody Bellinger. <laughs> My God. He What's just this? needs more reps. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's what it is. David Price is hitting like 260. Jeez. All right, but to talk about all that and a lot more, uh, we got one of our uh, one of our best friends of the show there, Adam. Let's get to it. Phone drinking, dude. Thank you, Donnie. So with just 15 games left in the regular season for the Dodgers until the playoffs or the wild card play-in starts, we thought it would be a good idea to bring on a guest that's less of a Charlie Day wild card bitches and more of just a stable, predictable genius with his track record of great work over the years on True Blue, L.A., and SB Nation. It's Eric Steven, king of puns and tracking runs on Twitter during games. Follow him at Eric Steven with a PH in the middle. Eric, how are you? Thanks for coming back on the show. Pretty good. I, I'm gonna. I might steal that from my Twitter bio now. That's that's a pretty good intro. Thanks. You like the king of puns and track and runs? That's you, man. Yeah, it's <laughs> good. I love it. So, whenever speaking of Twitter, there's anything close to a curious or interesting decision, Dave Roberts is trending. And while I do think he takes some undeserved incoming, with how close the West has been, and the Dodgers are a game and a half back as of this recording right now, after winning last night, and the Dodgers or the Giants losing. But 
They've lost so many games in extra innings, so many close games all season long. We were talking about this the other day. Have they done a perfect job when it comes to optimizing lineups and having the right arm or the right person out there on the mound and less Bellinger maybe, less bullpen games to where they – Realistically, if they just tweak things a little bit better during the regular season, they could already be winning the NL West. Do you see it like that? Uh, maybe. Well, so it's weird. Like some of the extra inning stuff was was earlier in the year, and I think a lot of that was injury driven and just like the way the way they sort of use relievers. Like I don't know they a lot of those were using the high leverage relievers to get through like the nine innings and then being left with like at the time unproven rookies, uh, which for a while included Alex Bessia. Uh, now he's one of the trusted ones, but like Garrett Clevenger lost like four games in extra innings. Uh, and, you know, I think some of that, like they're, they're sort of built, to, to win in in nine innings, just the way the, the sort of modern bullpen usage uh, is, and it's kind of annoying sometimes because, you know, you're, you're left and all of a sudden you don't have anyone left. But I think that's just kind of the nature of the sport. Um, I will say for Roberts, like, I don't necessarily think the lineup thing is that big of a deal. Like the, the Giants have used more lineups than the Dodgers or they're within like one or two of each other. Um so like that doesn't really bother me. Like they they've been pretty good about like getting folks rest. I mean, at a at a certain point, like uh, they they've actually been playing pretty much everyone uh, recently. So it's it hasn't been too bad. Like you would think, like all the rest would mean now is the time to sort of uh, pull back on that a little bit. But there there's always been circumstances like people nursing injuries, Mookie Betts with his hip, that sort of a thing. Um, they have built-in off days this week, uh, today, uh, Thursday, and next Monday. So maybe they're a little more aggressive this week with that. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of it's injury-driven, so it, it hasn't really, like, bugged me. I, I would say, like, sometimes Dave Roberts is a little um, a little more generous with the intentional walk than I would like. So maybe that that's more the thing that I I harp on. Although that said, um, one of the the extra inning, the 16 inning game, the marathon game in San Diego, um, the he Roberts used the intentional walk like the right way, like because uh, the 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 Padres were out of position players, so their pitcher had to bat every you know every time through the order, or or, or a pitcher had to bat. So. Roberts kept walking the bases loaded uh, with two outs to get to the pitcher, and it worked every single time because pitchers suck at hitting. <laughs> so, like, he beat uh, Jace Tingler over the head with that uh, pretty hard. And so you never want to get yourself in a situation where it's that uh, where it's that bad, where you could just exploit that over and over and over again, and I think that's what happened. So it hasn't really gotten to, to levels that bad, I think, for the Dodgers. But, yeah, it, it can be frustrating at times for sure. Adam brought up uh, Cody Bellinger, who's having pretty much one of the worst seasons in the history of baseball, just in general, and especially for someone who was a former uh, MVP. Now, they've been forced to put him back out there because they've had recent injuries to Chris Taylor and A.J. Pollock. I know a lot of fans have been asking why Matt Beatty's not getting more playing time outside of just being a pinch hitter, and he's been swinging a fairly hot bat and very limited at bats uh, since being back up. Uh, have you guys asked Dave Roberts or, or gotten a reason as to why 
You know, someone like Matt Beatty won't be getting more at-bats as opposed to someone like Cody Bellinger, who, yes, we know is a plus defensively wherever you put him. But, my God, he's he's embarrassing himself out there uh, from an offensive standpoint at the dish. Yeah, it gets to the point where, like, uh, like Bellinger at this point, like, shouldn't play. Like, yeah. he, he – he, an occasional start, maybe, but, like, He's, you know, certainly not every day, but like obviously now with, with Pollock and Taylor out, that's why he's playing. Yeah. Beatty's weird because um, they, they even optioned him uh, a couple weeks back uh, because uh, they, they were also playing Billy McKinney a lot. And, you know, I, you know, he, he wasn't really great shakes either, nope. but they, what they did like about McKinney was that he could uh, play defense in the outfield. I don't think they, um, they think Beatty can play the outfield uh, well enough to like justify having him out there, which is weird because they're, they're giving up a lot with Bellinger. Uh, like Bellinger's defense is very, very good, but um, it's a trade-off, right? Like you're, I, I think you can, I think you could live with Matt Beatty and left. <laughs> like if you, um, you know, just have someone competent in center, but yeah, it, it's been it's been pretty frustrating uh, on that regard. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really know. I, I, I think once the ideally, if if Pollock's healthy and you know he he should be back around that like the last week of the regular season, so into the playoffs, and then you know presumably Taylor's going to be healthy. They sh- like there's really no reason Bellinger should start like any playoff games. But uh, we'll see how it goes. That that's that's been an issue and. Uh, it's not that he's not eventually going to be good. It's just that this year they don't have a margin for error to to wait for him to be good, you know. Like, and so uh, I think further removed from shoulder surgery, uh, he can get his swing sorted out, have a full off season. I think he'll be relatively fine going forward. But uh, right now uh, they're not in that position. Uh, so, I mean, they're in the playoffs. So it's really about winning the division, but. Uh, once, as long as that's still up for grabs, I, I, I don't. I think they should. They shouldn't play him. Um, like real, they, they, he really shouldn't start. But right now, they don't really have much of a choice. Eric Steven is our guest here on the FNA podcast. Eric, what's been the difference for Gavin Lux since he's been called back up? He looks like, well, the player they thought he was going to be, or he's trending in that direction at least. Yeah, I mean, he has had just a weird year, like very up and down, a lot of down. Um, but, um, it, it, you know, we talked about Beatty not being able to uh, play the outfield. I know Lux is a middle infielder, so it's a little bit different and Lux is faster. But um, he, even he, he had some read problems, uh, communication problems. He, he hit Bellinger in the face the other day, uh, tracking down a fly ball. Um, but, yeah, like hitting-wise, like the thing is, like he's – He's one, he was one of the best prospects in baseball, and he can hit, and he just wasn't really hitting this year. So I think it was a matter of time before that sort of came around. You know, he's interesting in that, um, you know, the Dodgers bench uh, could use someone like him in the playoffs, I think, and um, he's fast, uh, pretty versatile, um, and, and as and a nice like hitter off the bench, and, and potentially someone who can like make a difference now and then. Um, so that that will be interesting going forward. Um, yeah, he's he's hit like very well since coming back. But you know, like we talked about, Matt Beatty not 
you know, being able to play the outfield. But they just Lux never played the outfield until a couple weeks ago when they started doing it in AAA to get him ready. And then now he's like basically the everyday left fielder until Pollock and Taylor come back. So, you know, they're they're not opposed to putting someone new out there. It's just I guess they're just not willing to do that with Beatty. You know, you knock on wood that the pitching staff is is finally back and that they're healthy and that they're as close to 100% as they're going to be heading into the postseason. Kershaw's back. Gonsolin had his best start, I believe, of the entire season uh, earlier uh, this week. So we're done with the bullpen game. So with that being said, as we come down the stretch run and into the postseason, how do you see uh, this bullpen shaking out? Because they've used so many arms. You know, you mentioned guys earlier, you know, Bickford got off to a slow start and he picked up and has become one of their more valuable pitchers uh, in relief. Uh, for as far as we know how the back end is essentially going to look when it comes to Kenley Jansen's had a bounce back year. We know how, how they trust Blake Trinan uh, on the back end. Who else is kind of a high leverage reliever of this whole mix of guys they've used this year that you think is going to end up making the cut and making a big difference for them in their postseason run? So I, I sort of look at the the bullpen and it's it's probably like five to six guys that are like the the trusted high leverage types and that, you know, you know, Kenley and Blake Trinan uh, for sure. Corey Knable is in that group. And then uh, Bickford and Alex Vesey are the two sort of surprises from this year that have pitched their way into that. So those are the five. And then Joe Kelly uh, as well. He's in that mix. So there, there's like six. I would imagine Bruce Dargraderall like has pitched well enough to sort of uh, get in there too. So now you're up to seven and then it's a matter of, uh, you know, Tony Gonsolin probably, you know, I would imagine doesn't have room to start in the postseason, so he's probably in the bullpen. So there's your eight. And then it's just a matter of probably uh, need, like do they do, uh, I guess, David Price uh, if they want another lefty. But he's been really battling um, some elbow soreness, so maybe he's a, he's a baby. Uh, so it's just a matter of, like, if they want uh, another lefty or something for like, depending on who the matchup is. Um, but that's going to be sort of interesting to see how that, that plays out. Eric, uh, who do you have as the Cy Young in the national league with what we've seen oh, from yeah. Urias on the come with yeah. what he's been doing recently? The Dodgers have three candidates themselves. Which Dodger? I feel like that's what it's come so, down to. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, this, this, ver- this changes by the week. <laughs> for me, like it's been, I, I thought it was like between um, like Bueller and Wheeler for a, a good long time. And then mm-hmm. like Corbin Burns was right there. His peripherals are off the charts, yep. uh, but just he, he was so behind in innings from those two. And then, but then like Max Scherzer has done so well and like uh, just off, just been like best pitcher in baseball since joining the Dodgers. And, He's, I mean, he's leading the majors in ERA right now. So um, he has probably vaulted to number one. But then, like, you know, Corbin Burns also struck out 14 in, in, in pitching the first eight innings of a no-hitter last week. So uh, he's right there, too. Uh, but I would say Scherzer is, has, like, a slight lead right now. And, and it's maybe Burns second. And then, then it's, like, kind of whoever gets hot the last three weeks between Bueller and Wheeler. And uh, I think those are like the top four. Um, Urias has been good, but like probably not as good as, as those guys. And then Brandon Woodruff uh, is, is in that mix too. But, you know, Urias is a guy that you, you get five votes for the Cy Young. So he could get some down ballot votes, but I, I think it's, 
in terms of uh, contending, it's it's really like Scherzer and Bueller are, are the Dodgers who are who have a chance to win it. I think. But Scherzer is in the lead, I think, right now. Yeah. Well, what about the the MVP race? I, I don't think it's as well defined as it is in the American League. That's essentially a two horse race between Vlad Jr. and Shohei Otani. But Ohtani. you know, Bryce Harper's name has been floated out there. But the Phillies are fighting for their playoff lives at this point. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. But they're also in the same situation, fighting for their lives. And Max Muncy uh, is up near the top of the list and had been for a while. And you know, as it has been pretty much one of the constants in that Dodger lineup through all the stuff they've been through this year. Do you think Max Muncy has a legitimate chance to actually win the National League MVP award? Yeah, I do. Uh, and, and, and this another thing is, um, it really just might be who gets hot the last two and a half weeks. Um, there's, I think you're. It, it's probably between Bryce Harper and Fernando Tatis, like you mentioned. Like you know, Tatis missed 30 games on different uh, injury list stints and still leading the National League in home runs, right. which is kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it's no one's really set themselves apart, it seems like. Um, so it could really be whoever gets out. Like Trey Turner is in that mix, too, but he, he kind of cooled off a little bit of late. Uh, he was he was leading in, uh, you know, batting average, and I think he still leads the National League in steals. Uh, but, yeah, just – and with power, I mean, he's he's, he's doing really well. Um, but yeah, it, it just might be whoever gets hot. But yeah, Max Muncy's sort of eating up a uh, homer a couple times in this uh, this last series, and uh, you know if, if he finishes strong, I mean he's been the Dodgers' best hitter all year, um, and they're going to finish with over a hundred wins. So like that's that's something if you're just from the narrative standpoint. Uh, but yeah, I think there's so many people bunched very like so close together that uh, it, it really, it, it, it just, it, it could be like a super close race, just depending, it's just like a taste and preferences type thing at the end. I mean, I put Craw Daddy in there, Brandon Crawford of the Giants, best player on the best team, but yeah, you I know, before it. Posey got hurt, he was in the race for it for sure. You know? uh, yeah. Because I brought this up earlier, Eric, talking about the wild card. Do you like the one game playoff? Like I get the excitement of the artificial game seven to start things off, but you play 162 and it comes down to the randomness of one game. And if the Dodgers end up getting bounced, a big market team, the defending champs, do you 100 see them plus ever wins. changing that format? Yeah, so <clears throat> I think it's probably inevitable that they're going to expand the playoffs and we'll get something closer to last year where the wild card round was more of a round and it was like best of three. Uh, the way the current setup is, um, so since like 2012, I think this year is weird because of, there's going to be, I think what the Dodgers are have like, they're up like 17 games on the Cardinals or something right now, who, which is who they would play in the wild card game. Uh, the, I think the previous biggest difference was six games. So like the teams usually aren't this far apart. Um, so this is a, this is the thing like the wild card game is amazing uh but also like terrible at the same time it's like you don't want to the game it should it shouldn't come down to one game like this and it's so stressful but it is kind of amazing to watch especially like if you don't have a, a rooted interest in it like it's kind of amazing to just it just it's great theater basically yeah the drama's like, great it's just not fair it's not fair no, it, it, yeah it's totally yeah, and like, like what what advantage? Like the Dodgers are going to end up, at worst, probably the third best record in the majors, if not like the first, you know, or or the second. I mean, um, but 
and that, that that comes with like no advantage. So yeah, maybe maybe something needs to be to change there. Um, so maybe you figure out a some sort of playoff seeding system that rewards uh, that. But at the same time, I also get the uh, you know there should be an advantage for winning the division. So like uh, I'm not I'm not sure how you reconcile those those two without. I think I guess the answer is probably expanding the playoffs and then um, re- either removing the the one game aspect of it and make it a best of three or you know do <laughs> I, I don't know how else you would you would pick it uh, but yeah it, it's going to be rough but at the same time you know everyone talks about like how you know what one, one game you could lose but the, I mean you, can't, you also have to win like to, to play so like uh, the Dodgers are going to be favored in the in the wild card game. They're going to be better than the team they're playing. So, yeah, it, that's it. Doesn't bother me as much as it probably should. I, I would say. Looking forward to the to the off season a little bit. And we asked, we actually asked from the LA News Group, Bill Plunkett, about this way before the season even started. What the yep. chances are that Corey Seager will return as the starting shortstop for the Dodgers, and at that time pre-Trey Turner. What did he say? He said it wasn't happening. He said he would bet everything yep. that Corey Seager was on his way out the door. Now we fast forward. Trey Turner is here. He is under club control through next year, and Corey Seager's a free agent, and Scott Boris is his agent. If I were to ask you, Eric Steven, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being he's in Dodger blue for sure, and 1 being there's no way in hell. He gone. He ain't staying. Uh, where would you say the likelihood is that Corey Seager will be a Dodger going into next year? Uh, I would just, I don't want to go all the way down to the bottom, but I, I will say two. Yeah. I don't think it's, yeah, I, I think, uh, there's too much other stuff. Like, um, the team is fairly well set up for next year as is, but there's some bigger free agent decisions. Uh, like they're, they're going to have to like basically, you know, Kershaw's a free agent, but. You know, if you let Kershaw get away, it's it's time to riot. So uh, you can't <laughs> let, let that happen. But then also, Mac, you get, you're going to have to try to keep Max Scherzer. Right. But that's like two like super expensive pitchers, and then you still have like Chris Taylor, uh, who who is going to be like uh, much much cheaper than Corey Seager. Not he's not you know as dynamic as Corey Seager, but he's he's integral to what you're doing and plays so many positions. You have to have that kind of a guy. In, in your group. Um, so I think those more, are more of targets for the Dodgers. And they, it's just hard to see a scenario, even like, even with um, if the national league, like adopts a DH, that would be the only way that you can even fit. Like Corey, see, I, I guess you could fit it any way you do it, but they already asked Trey Turner to play second this year. I think that I, 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 I can't say this for certain, but I, I, I'm guessing it came with some sort of a, a tacit promise, like, "Look, you're our shortstop next year, right? Like, like, just do this now for us. We'll we'll, we'll take care of you. That kind of a thing." Um, so I, I would imagine that is in the offing, and then you still have a play, where do you play Gavin Lux uh, if if he's still in the mix? Um, so, but yeah, Chris Taylor, you, you figure out. Um, what you need and that's where Chris Taylor fits in. So I, I think they're going to target him more than Seager, but yeah, I, I would bet like the Yankees, like they, I don't think they have a shortstop right now. So like um, they're going to go hard after Seager and I'm, I'm sure there's going to be other suitors, but 
and then there's other free agents too, but like, um, yeah, I, I think he's gone. Eric, last one, at least for me here, assuming one of these two teams between the Giants and Dodgers escape and win that one game wild card playoff game to give us that Dodgers Giants playoff matchup. I know it's not Sosa and McGuire, but in the home run chase, but what would this do for baseball, especially on the West Coast, just to finally have those two teams in a playoff series? Yeah, I, I was um, preparing for it mentally in 2014 because yeah. it looked like it might happen. But um, And then uh, Matt Adams uh, ruined everything uh, from the Cardinals uh, who eliminated the Dodgers so that they didn't get to, a chance to meet. But I, I think that would have uh, that would have been amazing that year, and I think it's going to be amazing now. They're, these teams are both – so good and they haven't played in the postseason i think that that needs to happen for the rivalry i think it would be great and, and that they're both this good uh in doing so i, I think it would be awesome and yeah. and also uh probably mentally ruinous for all of us so uh <laughs> but no it, it would be worth it i, I it, it's going to be a lot of fun um but yeah i think it has to happen so like i'm sort of rooting for that um just, just to you know, just to see it. It's, it's a shame that it's not going to be the National League Championship Series, but uh, I guess it could be if the Brewers somehow like sneak in and get the um, the number one seed. Mm. But then uh, we'll see. But like, it, most likely it's going to be Dodgers Giants and the NLDS if if things go right. And uh, and I, I think it needs to happen. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We all are. It's funny you bring up 2014. I remember Game One of that series at Dodger Stadium. Uh, they had a huge lead, and Clayton Kershaw started to melt down. They took him out. They put Baez in. He gave up a big home run. The Could Dodgers they put somebody boot- else in who hadn't been a reliever for them for like three months? Yeah, it, it was it was pretty bad. Uh, and I remember leaving and passing by Ned Coletti, who was at the time still the general manager. And if looks could kill, I would have been dead. Like I, yeah. I, I did not make eye contact with him because I just kind of caught just a quick side eye. He looked like he wanted to strangle somebody. If mustache, like, his uh, mustache could strangle. Yeah, him. and Ned's the nicest person you'll ever meet. Ned is phenomenal, but at that at that moment in time, I was like, I am not getting within twenty feet of this man, uh, just because just his anger, his aura alone would have incinerated me. Ned, kill Eddie. Yeah, no, no question. <laughs> if I remember right, it, it was roughly one hundred and forty-seven degrees that day at Dodger oh, Stadium. Oh, terrible. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, what, that was a that was a very odd day. Very oh, odd day. It was a lot hotter on the mound. Oh my God, it was awful. Someone is not awful, Eric Steven. We appreciate him every time he jumps on the show. SB Nation, True Blue LA. Thank you, Eric, for joining us as always, man. We appreciate it. Hopefully, we'll connect with you again uh, once the Dodgers get deeper into the postseason past the wild card. Absolutely, love doing it, guys. Thanks. There he goes, Eric Steven, our friend, Eric Steven, <laughs> coming on for a long time. Yes. Good information as always. Yes. Uh, coming up in the next segment, uh, more good information. Our friend TK Trinidad with uh, entertainment news. Maybe she will address Ryan Viantile and uh, the his uh, multiple voicemails and tweets about Michael Jackson that he's uh, been talking about. TK's not been on, I think, Let since she did her Michael Jackson uh, bold prediction or bold thing about Drake, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, maybe we'll, as controversial as Michael Jackson himself. himself exactly. So we'll see if uh, she'll address that and see what other shenanigans we'll get into with TK Trinidad coming up with some entertainment news. In the next segment, FNA Podcast. Oh, we're fire! FNA Cotton, FNA. Welcome back into the FNA Podcast. Thanks again to Eric Steven for coming on and talking some Dodgers. But right now, we got our girl. TK's bringing you that heat. Bringing you that heat. The latest news gossip and all that. Listen, what's going on in the entertainment world? It is our girl, TK Trinidad. TK, what's popping? 
Hey guys, how are you doing? Excellent. How are you? Good. What's well, the I media firestorm one... you're going to start today? Exactly. <laughs> I know. I mean, I there is somebody that um, I don't know. I guess the Michael Jackson thing got on him, and I, I don't think he realizes how many jobs I have, so I can't respond to all of his tweets or her tweets. Um, I don't know if you know who the person is, but. Oh, we I know who he I is. I stand by it. Trust us, we yeah. know who he is. He's. You want to yeah. moonwalk that comment back, or are you <laughs> doubling down? I, right. said, I said what I said. I stand by it. Okay. I also have like ten million jobs, and I am not on Twitter all the time. Anywho, uh, this statement, another one where I'm dropping the mic on Justin for Lavar Burton. Here's my thing. So everybody is saying that they want LeVar Burton, and if you guys don't know who he is, you guys are under a rock, but he was the guy who did Randy Rainbow. He was also um, on Star Trek, et cetera. The and, only person um, I've ever been starstruck to talk to, TK, was LeVar Burton. Uh, he called in our hotline to, to record with one show. He's like, hi, it's LeVar Burton. I was like, hold on. There it is. I didn't talk to Kobe. I didn't talk to everybody and their mama. It's a good impression. LeVar Burton is the guy that got me. So go on. And that's the thing. So everybody, there's petitions. Every like everybody wants him to be the host. And Jeopardy's like, no, no, no. We don't care what you think. And um, he's he's they they said he's not in the running anymore. He did do a guest spot, but he's not in the running anymore. And um, there's obviously some big controversy with um, the senior producer who's since been outed. So since been ousted from it. So now it's uh, Mayam Mayam and Ken hey, Jennings. Yeah, Mayam uh, Bialik uh, Blossom. Yes. Also from Big from Bang Boston. Theory. Yes. yes. She's a scientist so, in real life, right? She is, yes. She's I a, a she neuro, a, a, I think she's a neuroscientist or something like yes, that. Yes, science! <laughs> so um, she has, uh, so it's going to be her for the majority of the episodes and then Ken Jennings for uh, the rest of the season. And they haven't announced what they're going to be doing for the next season. My thing is, if everybody's wanting LeVar and it seemed like he did pretty good, then, like, why not? And they're actually not stating the reasons, which is that's how entertainment is, um, why he's not going to be, why he's not the candidate. Um, but it's just kind of like, if everybody wants it, and even if you think that he might fail, then, you know, whatever. Well, why would he but, fail if he did so well? And I guess people were talking about when he actually did do the show, there was other things that kind of preempted the regular airtime, so he was pawned off at, like, late at night or something. Oh. He didn't get the kind of shine that a couple of other people have. Whether that was done intentionally or luck of the draw, some people are saying it was intentional. People obviously will draw and say that it was a racial thing as to why. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I quite honestly didn't see it, but I know he got some very positive reviews, unlike Joe Buck. Uh, but he got very positive reviews from uh, from his appearance on Jeopardy. And yeah, you mentioned uh, there's right. been a groundswell of support for him to get the job. Seems like the perfect candidate. He yeah. does. So I don't, I don't get it. I, I and wonder. There, and you, you, you leave yourself to a lot of uh, being questioned when you actually won't tell people why you won't consider him seriously it doesn't make sense right. i wonder if he's difficult to work with or something is he a christian bale tom sizemore behind the scenes <laughs> val kilmer but if that's the, but that's the, if that's the case then like the, in the entertainment people have said that you before. Say, yeah you could say it. they've said it about ellen they've you said can, it about you know all kinds right. of people yeah but i don't know mm-hmm. if they, that, unless they had to would they want to throw him under the bus like that it well you should that, it, it makes you look better yeah. because all, people right now are just <laughs> questioning why would you not well, you you, you right. give yourself like, an out. You give yourself a reason. Yeah, that that, that makes, There's that no re- makes more sense than they're you not know, saying okay, anything. Well, we're just not. Yeah, well, they'd like, be taking you know, the high road. I would anything, think by not doing it. But. You're not, but you're but no. you're also taking a giant PR hit by doing that too. Yeah, yeah. and you're leaving yourself but, open to question: Is it racial? Is it whatever? So you can squash all of that by saying like, 
even if you just allude to it without saying it explicitly. By saying nothing, you look worse. Yeah, I guess if you... I totally do. If that's even the case, that's, but if that is the case, that, I think it's better off that they allude to it and say it. Right. That's the actually. That's probably the only thing that you can say that would make sense. Right. Everything then people else will be like, "All right, wouldn't make sense." Yeah, but that it's and, not, it's and not just going to end there. He's going to come back. It's going to be a back and forth thing. If there's like, multiple I don't people know if saying that's the it, way to go. <laughs> I, I think that's the best way to go. If indeed that is the case. Yeah. It gives you cover yeah. in today's world, especially when everybody's looking for reasons to get offended and pull the race card and all that stuff. I think the best mode of action would be to do that. To give in to yeah. everyone, <laughs> to the mob. To give a reason <laughs> as to why you're not doing it. Yeah, I'll just that's be- the thing. Everybody just wants a reason. Is that, is that, and is that, is well, that unreasonable to give a reason as okay, to why? Here's, a, here's, here's an example, right? So say, say, the show, which is it's hugely popular, you guys' show, which is hugely popular now, but now say the show just blows up, right? And I'm doing the entertainment segments weekly, and then you guys just bring in somebody else. And now people are saying, hey, like, what happened to TK? And you guys are like, well, TK's busy. Then people are like, okay, cool. Or TK got full of, like, you know, you guys can say it in a certain way that people will understand, but if you just don't say anything, then it's just kind of like, well... You know, you could even say there is an impasse or a difference of opinion or there are right. some differences that happened that it just wasn't a healthy working relationship. You can leave it vague and say something saying nothing. Right. You yeah. just you don't win by saying nothing. Well, they'd be doing him a solid by not doing that, though, is my point. What do they have to gain by doing him a solid? What do they care if they're not going to work with him anyway? Who cares? Because it's bad form mm-hmm. for other people you may work with in the future if they see that people or actors are getting thrown under the bus like that. The companies don't yeah, usually don't but, operate no, that way. Too, they don't care that about that. Also, <laughs> make sure that why would Jeopardy care about if that? You, if you're in, the in if you're in the industry, you shouldn't be difficult to work with. It's actually better for for people to oust these people. Because then it makes it then everybody who comes up after them knows that if you're a douchebag, you're not going to get far. But douchebags have been getting out far in the industry because people are choosing not to say anything and just dealing with it. Yeah, what good does so, it do them and, to save face is, just to save his right. reputation? Why do they care? Because if you air right. people's dirty laundry like that, uh, it can hurt you moving forward, working with other people. Right. They but may then you feel like you should be a douchebag. That's 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 the whole. <laughs> but that thing. could be a matter of opinion, whether or not somebody is a douchebag, or who's in the right no, or who's in the wrong. And maybe this this just, is all speculation. It is he could be the greatest personal work with ever. I don't right. know. Right, but there but there is a huge difference from being difficult to work with to like being you know a little weird and eccentric. Like you know, it's there there's there's a big difference, and people who are difficult to work with. People usually have stories to back it up. Like, right, oh, right. we can look this person in the eye. Or, oh, this person used to throw a phone at me. Like, there's stories. Yeah, we've like, all heard yeah, them. I don't want to be in that situation. Right. So, I, I love um, him. Speaking, I, I, I would love to see him get the job. As would I. Yeah. I, I just, I, I kind of would love to, to have some sort of reason Perfect as to why. Perfect cadence. I agree. All right. What else and we got, And he did Reading Rainbow. I mean, of course. so speaking of somebody who's talking too much, um, this is a UF, uh, UF up segment. Say again, TK. UF up. UF up, 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 up. Damn, that was anticlimactic. <laughs> um, so Nicki Minaj, I don't know. I think every four or five years she just decides to just say the hell with it and just say something random. So. Uh, she advised people not to uh, essentially get the vaccination because uh, her cousin's friend became impotent and uh, he got swollen testicles and uh, they they blew, they blew up. 
Um, and so These that sent, yeah, sent social media in a tizzic. And, you know, there, there were actually people standing outside the CDC, you know, saying, like, you know, why are you forcing us to get this vaccination? That led the, the prime minister of Trinidad to say we actually tracked down um, the person and that is not the case. These are, you know, not the right allegations. So Nicki Minaj is pretty much saying, you know, people are attacking her. Um, you know, she's just going off what her, her cousin told her. And, you know, also uh, Twitter had de- deactivated her account. So it just kind of reminds me of the time where she was talking about, I think, Travis Scott and why she deserved to be number one and he was number two. I think we actually talked about it on the show. And it's just kind of one of those things there um, in social media, especially somebody of her clout, like you can say whatever you want. However, sometimes it backfires. And this is one of those times. And I think she might want to just take oh. the L and just say, you know, I didn't know, and uh, I checked on the status of my cousin's friend's balls, and apparently they're okay. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the long <laughs> She made him turn to the left and cough. Yeah, just like, I mean, I read the tweet, though. That's not what she said. She didn't say don't get the vaccine. She even said she's going to get it likely because she's going on tour. She said pray about it and don't get bullied into doing it. And I don't have a problem with that. Yes. But when you're telling, uh, it, it, it gets kind of, when you have so many people following that particular person, um, when you're saying um, don't get bullied into, not to say, like, I, I definitely agree, but it's like how you say certain things. It's like we were back, but the, we're you're back saying, to the next story. Sorry to cut you off, TK. I didn't see the tweet. Are you, she got kicked off of Twitter or something? Is that what you said? She that's, got- what she, that's, what, that's what she's saying. That's what she said. Twitter said that didn't happen. Uh, so hmm. she's saying that her, um, she that's said a problem. that Twitter, uh, uh, suspended her account and the Twitter denies that they did that. So, I mean, I don't that's know. next it's, level it's, censorship. If that's the case, if she says, I don't want to. And by the way, there have been so many other people who have said so much worse from that standpoint. She if that's just what she said. said right. So just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision, not bullied. So why I would you get, why that. would you get banned for something well, like that? Here's, that's here's, people here's have said so much now. worse. that haven't been suspended. Yeah. People have, People have said so much worse, but we're also in uh, an era where, uh, era where technically you're supposed to speak your mind, but only if your if your mind is saying certain things. So if yeah. you were to, you know, take Little Nas X for example, you know, he has the right to live his life, and then you have people who like don't agree with it, or. Um, even I think it was Jay Media that didn't compliment him on his outfit, like didn't say it was fly, and people were getting on her. Like the outfit was okay. It wasn't like, you know, if you think the outfit's great as, as Lil Nas X, then that's great. Like you don't need somebody else's, you know, you know, saying to say, oh, yeah, I agree with you. But it's like if you don't agree with the cert- where certain things where we are in society, then now you are – you know that now you're not on um, you're not on the right side, which is not a good thing, and, by the way. That that's right. the antithesis yeah, of what the point. country is supposed to be. You know, yeah, that's the total so antithesis like of what we're, we're supposed we're to be. The whole the, the 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 total opposite direction opposed to people are entitled to their opinions, and especially in social media. Um, you know, if you say something, then of course you're, you're opening yourself up to, for people to say things back, but, yeah, but also that's... have, you know, the right conversations. But that's, that's, especially with the vaccination, you know, that's what you're having. You're having a lot you of know. people who are saying, you know, nay, and then their accounts or their posts are getting taken down. 
Um, that's happening a lot on Instagram. There's a lot of people who are saying that, you know, that you shouldn't be getting your vaccination. So it's just, it's, 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 it, I want to say it's the wild west, but it's not. It's, it's essentially, we're going back to people holding certain keys for certain things. And if you, you know, say the right things, then, you know, you're okay. Yeah, if but you don't if say you, something you know, they agree with, then they'll take it down or use their power and authority, which seems correct. very totalitarian and not capitalism to me. But anyway. Well, and she didn't I mean, say it. just went from one thing to the other. No, she, what, um, the, the point is whatever you say. She didn't say anything that crazy. She didn't incite any riots. She didn't say she threatened to kill somebody. She didn't somebody. say don't get vaccinated. She didn't even, even if, by the way, even if she said don't get vaccinated, you can't suspend her based on that because that's her opinion. Who well, cares? Twitter's a like, business. They could do what they want. It's yeah. They've right. gotten into the uh, regulating misinformation. That's why Trump got suspended. Of course, yeah. So, and they and they used it oh. under the guys that he incited a riot. And I don't want to get too <laughs> deep into that. I'm just if I just narrow it down to Nicki Minaj and there are terms of use or whatever you call, talk about. They didn't threat. She didn't threaten to kill anybody or attack anybody. She didn't tell somebody else to. She didn't incite any riots. She quite literally, based on that tweet, gave her opinion on something. And if she did indeed right. get suspended, that's ridiculous. Well, and that's the thing. That it's, it's, at the end of the day, I think Twitter and Facebook, they missed the mark when, you know, you, you had the Russian bots and all this other stuff. Oh, yeah. And now it's like they're trying to, um, I don't know. They're, they're, it's, like, it's like the stuff that they should be monitoring, they're, they're not. The stuff that we can't see. Right. Like the... Because the, the bots are getting better. The bots are becoming more human. So now you think you're interacting with people that... You're self-aware. Right. Hey, so it's just kind of like... Those, that's dun, dun, the thing, dun, dun, that's the thing that you should you should be monitoring. Not not necessarily not celebrities and, you know, the former president, etc. But, you know, again, essentially what you were saying, um, Kevin, is just one of those things where it's just like there's far more to be dealing with, especially since she didn't say don't get the vaccine. She said she's going to pray about it and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, you know, the fact that the, the, the Trinidadian prime minister had to, our minister of health, excuse me, had to step in and say, we had to track this person down and also this stuff was quite hilarious. What, they knocked um, on but, his door to do a sack check? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, not a big country. <laughs> Those are normal yeah. size, right. in my opinion. <laughs> what yeah, else? They, they have, they're still there. They haven't blown up. What's right. normal? Um, and last, <laughs> yeah. What else? What else we got, TK? Last story. So this is TK's TK of the week. Um, I've kind of it's known. TK of the week. I've kind of known this this uh, this woman for for a while. Meaning that you've seen her in the industry, but you know she's below my age dem- demographic. Georgia Sila. And this young lady has been working her tail off from, I don't know, from birth. Um, so now um, she's had a show for several years. Um, she also is on tour and she made the music for her tour. And she's going on a 37, 37 city tour in January. And Nickelodeon had the audacity to say, some of those songs that were in your movie that was just released, you can't sing them. And it's just kind of like, but she wrote them, she sang them. So it's just we're we're you know we're still finding out what all the details are to that. But um, I just want to give kudos to her because she's also or she's also going to be in Dancing with the Stars, the first person to have a female partner. Um, so she's doing a lot of amazing things. And who um, is this? You know, have you said her Jojo name? Jojo Siwa. Jojo Siwa. And what do I know her from? Why is she a star? What she does was she do? On Disney, Disney uh, or Nickelodeon. I'm looking at she's her right. now. So she's like a child actor? Yeah. She's 18. She just turned 18. Yeah. How could she be the just TKO of the week? 
<laughs> well, she. That, if you look at how long so she's been around, <laughs> she's. <laughs> oh boy! If you look at how long she's been around, she's a hard worker. Like she's one of those child like that, and that's the good thing that you don't know her, meaning that she hasn't gone like you know been. She, she had been on TMZ and, and tabloids and her boobs popping right. out and all that stuff. Yes, exactly. I mean, she's 18, so there's still time because, you know, we all went through that phase. But um, it's just one of those things that I can definitely respect it. And the fact that she's going on a 37 um, city tour. And I don't know the logistics for Dancing with the Stars, but the fact that she's like, oh, I want a, a female partner. And, you know, they're 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 good with it. I mean, it's, I feel and I've seen her on I think what put me hit her. I actually was binge watching Family Feud and I saw her and her family on Family Feud. Just really just all around hardworking, nice like happy 18 year old. Um, so I just wanted to give her a little shout out and, you know, continue doing what you're doing and we'll see what happens with this whole Nickelodeon thing. So it's like rainbow bright. <laughs> so, she, so she's 18 and she looks like she's nine. Is that what it is? She does. That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, no, well, she does. She definitely, her, her look is definitely on the younger side. Her, her, her looking is on the younger side, but I think that is also to her demographic, her probably the people, because you guys don't know her. Right. I think it, her demographic is between like 12 and like. Yeah, it's probably better off than I don't. Like she looks like the Highlights magazine and Hello Kitty had sex and <laughs> and she was born out of that. It's like a cartoon character, essentially. Well, someone else who works hard. Someone else who works hard. And yeah. I think she's not 18, but I think she's probably like 22. And that's TK Trinidad. You can find her on all social media accounts at TK Trinidad. One of the hardest working women in all of, well, really everything. Media. Sports media, entertainment media, you name it. Yeah, she ain't uh, got time to respond to all your tweets. No, absolutely not. Uh, TK, thanks for the time as always. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thanks again to TK Trinidad for coming on and yep. Eric Stevens today. Right. 949-478-1197 is the Talk S hotline. 949-478-1197. That is the number. Talk some shit. All right. Leave us a voicemail. Let us know what's on your mind. If you took issue with something TK said today, we can leave a voicemail about that, too. By all means. You want to call me a dumbass or an idiot? I'm cool with it. Works for me. I'm a dumbass. I might not necessarily disagree. So call call in and let us know. They're definitely coming for me now. <laughs> uh, we'll be back early next week with another NFL six-pack and hopefully uh, no other breaking news as far as people getting fired locally. Mm. Is anybody else in the hot seat like that that we know of? Uh, no, Chip's looking good. Yeah. I mean, even if they do lose close to Fresno State, yeah. Fresno State's not that bad. No, although I would say that would be a, a precipitous drop. It'd be disappointing. Considering <laughs> the high, the highest of the highs in beating an SEC team that just two years ago won the national championship. It's still tough to gauge. Sure, and it could be how good LSU is going to be. And also could be an emotional letdown for UCLA. So they, even if they win, they could win by three or something. You know, wouldn't be surprised by moral that. Defeat. Yeah, even though it's been a a week off for them, which maybe you think may guard against the moral drop off or some sort of mental drop off. But we'll have to see when it comes to that. Are they still dancing in the locker room? Are they still that hype? Can you keep that level of energy up for two weeks? Let's hope so. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure chips are hope so. So Tim Cates too. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that uh, early next week with the uh, NFL six pack for week two, among other things. Hopefully your voicemails as well at nine four nine four seven eight eleven ninety seven. He's at KFake one. I'm at Follow Adam A at FNA Show on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Thanks to our girl Bree Bree as well. 
who went out to the PMS remote at Morongo yesterday. Yeah, I guess PMS called her out for uh, thirsting for a shout-out in the first segment. Oh. Uh, I caught that. Did it work? Uh, briefly. He's like, oh, yeah, Bree, we see you. It was kind of like one of those. I think she brought him some merch. I think they got some uh, beer glasses. Oh, sweet. Nice. All right. Good job, Bree. So I love it. they'll take some pictures. Yeah, no doubt. Put it up on Twitter. Love it. Uh, until next week. Uh, he is Adam at Follow Adam A. I am Kevin at KFig1. And thanks to our girl Bree as well. We will talk to you guys next week on another edition of the FNA podcast. RP In his book, O.J. Simpson says that he would have taken a bullet or stood in front of a train for Nicole. Man, I'm going to tell you, that is some bad luck when the one guy who would have died for you kills you. That's probably. <laughs>